Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. The last book of the Bible is Revelation, one of the most important books of the Bible to understand. But in order to understand it, we need to understand Genesis through Jude, which is the entire Bible. One of the most important chapters in the book of Revelation is chapter 14. And thanks for joining us as we look into the three angels' messages of chapter 14 of Revelation. Hey everyone, my name is Justin, and you're on Inverse. And in the studio, we have Callie yes. and Jonathan and Israel and all of you. So whether you're watching on video or on podcast, we want to welcome you, acknowledge you, and say we appreciate your support and all, all the communication you've given to us online. Let's go to Revelation chapter 14, and uh, let's have a word of prayer before we start. And uh, Dr. Israel Ramos, can you pray for us? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we have together to study your word as friends. And as a community, we pray that you'll bless us, that you will give us insights into your word to help us understand you better, and in understanding you to help us understand ourselves better. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're in episode 11, and we're looking at, looking at the seal of God and the mark of the beast in Cali. Mm -hmm. uh, we've covered a lot in this yeah. uh, quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some things that stick out to you? I think one of the first things is first episode and then I don't remember what our episode um, <laughs> I'll go in the reverse order of what I just said just to be extra confusing so <laughs> the second thing is how the judgment doesn't have to be scary mm. because we're standing in the righteousness of Christ mm -hmm. and to be honest the word judgment is still I still have like a scary reaction to it every time I hear it because I have to like remind myself of mm -hmm. those truths even though I'll you know share them very passionately here on inverse I'll be like judgment uh, mm. wait, it's okay <laughs> that's, that's literally what happens every Well, that's how deep-seated the, <laughs> yeah. the brainwashing has been from society. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's for all of us. I think for yeah. all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then going back to the first episode, I think it's something, it's called something like Jesus wins, Satan loses. Mm -hmm. And just that we know that even as intense and um, I guess how much even our suffering is involved in the great controversy, mm -hmm. I like to think of it as a fixed fight. Like, that we know the ending of the whole story. And so the difficulty is to remember the ending of the story, mm -hmm. not to achieve the ending of the story. Mm. Um, the, the difficulty is to live in reality, not achieve that reality. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think it's a beautiful thing just that Jesus already won. Um, and yeah, the devil, his strength is in lies. Mm -hmm. And so if we remember the truth, then he loses everything, everything. And it's mighty grand that he told us the end of that story. Is you this know? like the episode of Accents? Well, you know, I try. <laughs> I, try. I try. I'm just I so stopped. happy that, I think that he gave us the ending. And so yeah. it's mighty. It's not just mighty, but it's mighty. It's mighty the Southern Baptist mighty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, uh, if you want to track with those episodes that, that Callie has liked, you can go to, where can you go to? You go to hopetv.org slash inverse. <laughs> and uh, study with us on the three cosmic messages. We're on uh, week 11. We're coming to a, uh, an end to this quarter. Mm -hmm. Let's go to uh, Revelation 14 is where we see God's plan. Yeah, we, we looked at the first angel's message, the second and the third angel's messages, different components of that. And these are the, this is Jonathan Walter's, uh, uh, again, another accent, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, illustration of the three CPR, the fibrillation pulses for a, a dying 
world. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also Satan's plan in chapter 13. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we can, I know we don't have time to read all of this, but um, Jonathan, if you don't mind reading hmm, verse 11 to 16 there. Of chapter 13? Yes, please. Yeah. It says here, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven and the earth in the sight of man. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he, has gra gra he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And that no one, no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. All right, so in light of our, and I think we had some great episodes this, this quarter on worship, on awe. Uh, we see that the, see that the central uh, battle here in Revelation is on, is on worship. Mm -hmm. And there's worship going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, in your own words, can you describe what's going on here in chapter 13? I think it's a direct, uh, He's trying to parallel. I think mm. what Revelation chapter 13, Satan's plan parallels the plan that God has, except in modification, mm. right? God has a plan where we worship him. Satan has a plan where we worship him. Mm -hmm. We worship God because he transforms us from the inside out, and then that causes obedience. Satan also requires obedience. His is forced obedience based out of fear. Mm -hmm. God has creative power to make miracles. Those miracles take place at creation. They take place through redemption. Satan also exercises miracles through false revivals, like, you know, referencing, you know, fire coming down from heaven like Elijah did. So there's a reference here with miracles. The greatest miracle that Christ worked is the miracle of the transformation of the life, right? Mm -hmm. Transformation of life is even greater than any other kind of miracle that can be worked. And so Revelation chapter 13 is the counter plan to God's plan. This is the plan that Satan's gonna use in order to fulfill his action plan to ruin the world, which counterfeits God's action plan to save the world. Mm -hmm. uh, who these entities are, we really encourage you to take, get the study out and you can find out who that is in your own mm -hmm. Bible study and to, to keep the mystery alive. Uh, but well, here Another there, accent. what's that? Another accent. Another accent. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so I don't either, but we'll pay you to stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. Okay. Um, don't, don't, don't make me do my Mexican accent. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the problem is here that, that this obedience is forced. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. What's so bad about that? John. <laughs> oh. Well, any, any kind of... Well, yeah. Kelly, right. if you want to... <laughs> no, <that's> okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we talked about um, worship before mm -hmm. in the context of worshiping God, mm -hmm. and it, it became evident that God does not desire anything that is forced. He wants allegiance and, you know, and love from people who want to be with Him. It's mm -hmm. kind of like what we want, if you think about it. You want somebody to want to like you, not because, you know, you put a gun to their head, but because, you know, they truly appreciate you. But Satan, in order to get control over this world, he has 
to establish systems and ways, and in this case, you know, governments and institutions, uh, to to enforce his agenda, uh, because the truth of God is out there, and not everyone is in line with Satan, mm -hmm. and he wants everyone to be, you know, pushed to their knees to acknowledge him or through another entity, him, um, you know, as as their object of worship, mm -hmm. and so he's trying to push something that he always wanted, um, not by the means that God would use, you know, which is freedom of choice, but through, you know, force and even, even you know, the, the threat of death and death itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, I'll also say something similar, just that I think worship is very similar to love in that it cannot be forced if it is to be genuine. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it can, you can make it look, right? You can make it look a certain way, like say you love me, okay, I love you, but it's like, well, okay, it's still not the right, it's not, that's not the same thing. Um, and I, I was trying to think through it all the way though. I'm like, is there, is it possible to like really force worship? It's like, you can maybe trick someone into worshiping you, um, but in the same way you could trick someone into loving you if they don't truly know you, if you like lie in a certain way, it's like, okay, I love my idea of you, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. In the same way you could trick someone into worshiping something they don't actually understand. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the same thing is the devil is trying by the way he tries to accomplish something, he invalidates what he's trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that before too, yeah. where the devil's like, I want to be like God. It's like, you're, mm -hmm. you're invalidating your, your goal by the path you're trying to accomplish and it. The question is, is it really true worship? Yeah. Um, I guess we have to define worship in this context as allegiance, loyalty to, uh, because that's what he's going to get with the threat, uh, the, you know, the threats that he's bringing out there through these institutions. He's going to force allegiance or loyalty, even if it's just lip service, um, mm -hmm. uh, to, to gain, you, you know, gain control and, and, and hurt God. But um, it's not true worship. Yeah. There might be some who are truly worshiping mm -hmm. him, in the sense that they say, okay, They're this sincere. system, this person, Lucifer, whoever, is is uh, my source of life and and and, and direction. <laughs> but even that is futile because we are, as we have already established in previous studies, that he has no life. He has nothing to offer that will give you any satisfaction, and certainly not eternal life. Mm -hmm. So, it it is worship in the sense that you know people cast their allegiance and loyalty with him. Um, because they're either scared or they're truly convicted to do it, uh, but it is not the same kind of worship that we can experience when we worship the Creator God, our Savior. There's a union that's happening in chapter 13 of the, the second beast with the first beast and the dragon. There's a uh, co coalition mm -hmm. of evil forces. Uh, Jonathan, you mentioned institutions and governments, and I would even throw in their churches. Yes. Mm -hmm. That, And I think this is something that it's just so awesome about the Bible, that the Bible calls out um, the reality of the times, that there is false religion, that there are evil religious organizations out there, and that those individuals who are part of that are duped, and God is trying to save people out of those yes. organizations, mm -hmm. uh, not condemning them blanket, uh, a blanket condemnation of everyone in, mm -hmm. in these in, who are duped, but wanting to save them out. and. Uh, these 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 false institutions and false churches they are enforcing morality mm -hmm. and in in a certain sense I got I, I mean I gotta be very very honest like in a certain sense that that sounds very appealing to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like hey let's force everyone to be good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's just we just need yeah. some kind of you know moral <laughs> moral um, 
uh, travesty, some kind of you know crazy global you know crisis, and like, hey, let's just mandate everyone has to be good, and then if if you're not, then we'll just fine you, or we'll put you in jail, or we'll kill you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll get instantaneous righteousness, instant with a with lowercase r. Um, <laughs> I mean, just imagine in churches, like if you don't if you don't pay tithe, okay, we're upping you up to twenty percent. Uh, <laughs> if you don't show up on uh, the church at nine thirty, then there's going to be a, a you know, we're going to take ten thousand dollars out of your bank account from mm. Ally Ally Bank or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be we just? Don't uh, have Ally Bank. I mean, we get we get we get <laughs> we get a hundred percent compliance right away. Mm. Yeah. Why is that so wrong? And I would say. Uh, this is one of the founding principles of, and I'm from the United States, and we, I read a lot on our, our founding fathers. Pushing that kind of political agenda is the clearest evidence that your religion doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I think that's, yeah. that's a powerful thing. Yeah. And so allow, allowing religion to do its thing, to do what it's, it, it's, it preaches that it does, having religious liberty is a great, uh, is a great foundation for, mm -hmm. for uh, is, is a great principle of, 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 of Bible, biblical Christianity. And that, that whole principle that you're talking about that, that is opposite, uh, you know, Scripture is really opposite God. Right? Yes. Like God would never, right. God says, look, I trust that what I am saying is that my truth is truth. Yes. So much so that I'm willing to let it run its course. I don't need to mm -hmm. force it. I don't need to, to push it. Mm -hmm. um, when, when, when we think about who God is, and, and this is, which it's kind of crazy that we doubt God so much and we, we, um, we, miss, we, we, we don't trust him, even though he's consistent and we're not, right? It's like our consistency makes us not trust his consistency. God, from every angle that you look at him, is always the same. He's love, right? At creation, and that love is manifested in selflessness. Mm. Like at creation, it, the Bible tells us that it is Jesus who created, right? Mm -hmm. He was the word that was made flesh mm -hmm. by him. All things that were made were made right in John chapter one. So God, the father who is kind of, you know, we think of as like the, the, um, the, the, who we think of as God, right? He, he says, all right, it's time to create the world. And he says, Jesus, go ahead and create it, right? Jesus creates a world with his word. But then w when he creates the world, in everything that he does, he signs it with God's, God the Father's signature. He says, God is love, right? And so there's this constant in heaven, there's this constant um, uh, uh, behavior of- Self-denial. Of self-denial, of giving, and mm. then of giving again, of not living for self. The angels run through that government, even nature, now even though nature is broken, I mean, even though nature is not the reflection of what it was in perfection, there's nothing in nature that lives for itself. It lives, even mm. nature lives to bless other, mm. others, right? You still see that signature. Still you around, see the yeah. signature. That's how, that's how hard Jesus' pen was when he pressed upon creation, mm. that even when you tear off pages after pages after pages, you can still see the imprint of, of, of the love of God. And the thing is that God will never deviate from that principle mm. that he is love. Anything that goes against that is not something that he will support. Mm -hmm. And because of this, right, because of this, you have his seal, the seal of God that is given to us, which says, I will, because God is love, because I believe that God is love, because I want to be like God, because he is love, I myself will obey what he says. 
I will deny myself so that he can be glorified. And in me denying myself, I am having the signature of him in my life. Now, Satan does not need those boundaries, right? Satan just says, as long as, as long as what you do appears to be worship, as long as it's sincere, as long as it takes a form, I'll take that. But that is why God, his seal is different from the seal of Satan in that his seal must be birthed, must be controlled and dominated by the quality of love in our lives. And so it is different, vastly different from the mark of the beast, which is force. Mm. Mm. Well, um, uh, you, you, you covered a lot. I mean, and, and look, look, look. <laughs> Listen, the, se the seal of God, <laughs> the mark of the beast. Let's, let's, let's spend some time talking about those two things. Uh, rooted in the love of God. I love what you just said. Um, some people take this as, as literal uh, credit cards or tattoos or, or, you know, saran wrap on your forehead. Uh, give us, give us some insight on, on these two things. How, what are they and how can we avoid one and get the other? Mm -hmm. Jonathan or Kelly? <laughs> he's clearly saying not Israel is what he's saying. <laughs> he's like, you talked enough. Um, <laughs> that was 10 minutes Israel. Yeah, um, well, we can go to Revelation 7 maybe. Okay, mm -hmm. Revelation 7. Unless you had a different verse in mind here. Nope, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, and um, let's read verse, I guess verse 4. Mm -hmm. um, actually verse 3, that's verse 3, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard a number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Now, there's a lot, you know, that we could talk about here, but the point is that Revelation depicts um, only two groups in the end, mm -hmm. those with the seal of God, those with the mark of the beast. And the interesting thing is that uh, it says that they're the, those who have the seal of God are, it says the seal of God is on their foreheads. Foreheads. Now, the forehead is, is that's, this is all symbolic language here, and it's talking about you know, the frontal lobe where you make your decisions, your character is, is, is seated, you know, in, in, in this place. And so the individuals who receive the seal of God, the individuals who are saved uh, in the end, who are part of this symbolic group, the 144,000, mm -hmm. um, th these are individuals who have made a choice for God, whose characters are a reflection of the glory of God, who are living a life of worship towards God in which he is glorified, and um, they are living that selfless, you know, path that 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 reflects who mm. God is. Mm -hmm. And so, this is those who have the seal of God, uh, versus those who have the mark of the beast, which is, you know, as we already talked about, there's the you know the element of force, and of course, there's the they have also a seal on the forehead, but also on their right hand, mm. which is a little bit different there. So in action, yeah? Yeah, so that the, the right hand would, would say, you know, these are individuals with the forehead, that could mean individuals who agree with, uh, w with the beast and its principles and its teachings. And, and, the, f and the right hand uh, can, it could be people who, maybe they don't fully agree with everything, but you know, they don't want to stick out, so they're just gonna, just gonna do what is mm -hmm. you know, and being enforced because they're scared or have not made the choice. So they may not agree or even fully understand, but they end up doing it anyway, yeah. they're part of, the, they're part of the, the deception. Although I gotta say, I believe that in the very end, um, because of God's fairness, each individual uh, will have had an opportunity to see the truth mm -hmm. and to make a, a, an informed decision um, so that no one in the end will be like, well, I was deceived and I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. I think God will be fair. And that's what the judgment is all about, showing that mm -hmm. God was fair in the mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kelly, anything on tap? 
Yeah, not really. I think I just really think that's what's important is just there are there's just two. There's no there's no middle ground. There's no I was confused. There's no and there's pretty clear. Yeah, it's just there's just two. Um, And I think some people, too, not even just the well, God wasn't fair, but also there's the kind of a lackadaisical or just like, I just don't really want to get involved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just don't want to care that much. It's not that deep for me. Or I just. Mm. Why do I why do I have to make such a big deal about this stuff? Like why can't I just be a bystander? Mm-hmm. Or why do I, why do I have to like commit and make make such a big decision? It's like well, because the two groups. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> no, what do you have to say? Like and I and I heard this around and um, there's so many weird ideas out there. So many crazy so many. theories and and <laughs> uh, ideas of 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 whatnot. And then um, uh, Seventh Day Adventists believe that that God will pop out of the sky one day mm-hmm. and then the righteous people will float in the air and those righteous people are based on which day go they which day which day they go to church on and everyone who goes on the wrong day will, will, will I mean they're, they're they won't be flying up to the sky like that sounds ridiculous mm-hmm. you know uh, comparatively to all the other ridiculous stories actually it doesn't sound that ridiculous at all <laughs> what do you say that that that's that that narrative will get more and more crazier and unbelievable mm-hmm. and that's rooted in our understanding of prophecy how do you how do you respond to that that that's 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 yeah crazy talk for me it, it depends on the person who's asking and how they're asking but the way I reconcile it in my mind because I've, I've actually thought I'm like I sound kind of weird right now <laughs> like yeah. I've actually thought that like this sounds kind of hmm, sounds kind of off but Part of me, a big part of me is like, that's kind of Satan's point though. Mm. Like Satan's like, how do I make this sound weird? How about I give them 5,000 other weird things to choose from and be like, what makes your weird thing so special? And I think that's a great strategy personally. (laughs) And so it's like, why not zombies? Why not? Why not unicorns? Why not? Why do you get to float in the air with day worship? Why is that your thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and like, it's it's honestly kind of brilliant. <laughs> so part of me, there's there's that. It's, it's just, there's so many options where I hear other people. I, I work with a lot of non-Christians and, and Christians, but like, I hear the things they say about, oh, this is gonna happen at the end, or this mm-hmm. is how the apocalypse, and I'm like, <laughs> that sounds like a video game. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but, I, and I think what you, the context you're mentioning is when it comes to the last days, mm-hmm. there are so many weird, and I'm sorry, weird people yeah. With weird ideas. Mm-hmm. Is this one of many? And how do we differentiate between, I want to just be a Jesus-believing, loving Christian without getting into last-day weirdism, but sometimes the last, it is sound a little bit like, the, you know, and, and people are trying to find out what is 666, what are the mark yeah. of the beast. You know what I'm talking about. Like when these, yeah. when these topics come out, the tone gets a little into the weird zone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they are found in the Bible. And that's they are so. Am I making a, a mole out of a mill? What, 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 am I making not, not a mountain of molehill, or is is am I, am I touching a point here? Can I say one thing. So Callie's sure, getting very, I'm so sorry. Getting excited. Okay. Fine. One thing is, but that is the <laughs> dividing factor. Is one of them is based on scripture, yeah. and one is based on random verses on dark corners of the internet that yes. nobody else reads. Yes. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. You know, uh, the way you presented it as, okay, it, those who float up, this day of worship, those who don't, other yes. day of worship, um, that's, that's a weird way to phrase it. But yes. when okay. you dig a little <laughs> deeper, the, you know, the observance of Sabbath 
uh, on the seventh day as based in the law of God yes. versus observance of Sunday is there's a, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. So Sabbath observance is is what you see that in, in the last days when the pressures are on those who are faithful to the word of God, what you don't see of this iceberg is is faithfulness to the entire Word of God. Mm. So like all the things, the relationship with Jesus, what, everything the Bible teaches, being followers of that, um, it will come down to in the context of the last days is what, what, what day do you worship on, as, mm. as odd as it is. Mm -hmm. But if you understand that the day of worship is rooted in the law of God, pointing back to Him as Creator, His authority, all these things, then mm. you understand why Satan would attack that and say, hey, I'm going to create something else that looks almost the same, but is man-made. Mm. And by doing that, I can get people, you know, and giving them lies to believe in why they should do this, I can get them to worship something that is not directly rooted in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so that is the tip of the iceberg of, of this idea of, I'm going to pick and choose what I believe in in the Bible, but not everything. Yeah. While the Sabbath is the, the tip you see where, the, where, where below the waterline, is faithfulness to the entire Word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love that. Israel and then Kelly? Everything comes down to salvation by works versus salvation by faith. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you see in Revelation chapter 13, it is talking about the fact that if you don't do this, if you don't obey me, if you don't, if you don't do these works, you will not be able to save yourself. Mm. That's strictly salvation by works. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying salvation by faith, if when you keep the Sabbath, it reminds you of God the Creator, His creative power, which is also redemptive power. It reminds you of why we worship God, because He is our Creator. Satan is essentially erasing that component, that God is a Creator, that God is a Redeemer, that you can save yourself because of yourself, by your own works. And this is much greater than, mm. you know, floating up into heaven mm -hmm. because of Saturday or Sunday, mm -hmm. but it boils down to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I again just really want to harp on what Jay said. I think he said it so beautifully and that is like, because at the end of the day, there are going to be Sunday keepers in heaven mm -hmm. like that, but... And Saturday keepers And not. Saturday keepers, right. They're all going to be there, but it's at the end of time that people are going to phrase it like you did in a really annoying way <laughs> <laughs> and be like, oh, so what you're saying is like, it's, such a, it's, not, it's not a big deal. Why are you making such a big deal out of nothing? Mm -hmm. But they're missing the entire picture. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're going to be trying to share the full picture. It's like, get out of here with this nonsense. We're just, yeah. you're making a big deal out of 24 hours. Let it go. But our answer is, I can't because Jesus asked me not to. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it makes me think that on the flip side of the same exact point is that how many Sabbath keepers are there who don't know, who are not, have, have this holistic view and mm -hmm. they're just doing it because they think that, that just they're by- They're still saving themselves by their work. Yeah, yeah. for sure. They're, 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 it's a Sunday modality if I can yeah. use that. Um, yeah, no, I think this is some good stuff. It makes us think like, how are we holistically bringing all these aspects of the Bible together? Uh, my, my prayer for myself as I'm thinking through this is as a Sabbath keeper, am I, do I have all these components? Come, is it coming together or is it just a legalistic keeping of a day because I'm just used to it? Uh, some so sober thoughts to think of, especially in these last days. And as we take these three angels' messages and we are called to preach and explain and teach, we are also called to live them out by God's grace. So that's my prayer, hopefully for all of you and, and my panelists here. Thanks for joining us. We're gonna look at the last couple of episodes in this arc on the three angels' messages. You don't wanna miss them. So stay with us from week to week as we cover the three cosmic messages in Revelation. 
God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.